Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie, we are standing in, um, where are we staying? We are at the Cavallo Inn, or you might call it the Cavallo Inn, depending mm-hmm. on how you'd like to pronounce that here. Practically underneath the uh, Golden Gate Bridge here, basically in Sausalito, California. So close, matter of fact, that they pointed out where the earplugs were in anticipation of the <laughs> foghorns going off at random times of the night, and to which they have said, yes, that means that they will go off at 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. Even when it's pitch dark out, the foghorns still go off, and the foghorns are positioned underneath the bridge, which means it makes it extremely loud where we're staying. But I didn't hear any. I had my earplugs in. Did you? I did, because I just wanted to hear what they sounded like. But it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was interesting. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. Julie's, uh, this. she's been booking all of our hotel stays along the way of our Harris National Tour and um, we are sometimes hitting and missing some of the hotels because right now there's no doubt a travel boom that's going on. If you guys felt a slowdown in your real estate sales, I pretty much can guarantee it. It's because all of your potential clients were off traveling and probably traveling in the same direction we are and uh, beating us out to hotel rooms. (laughs) Yeah, so if you think you're being ghosted, you're not. They're just traveling. They're probably our neighbors here wherever we're traveling. Exactly, and a lot of of you are planning on uh, taking some time off as well. But I have to say, this has been the best, if not one of the best hotels Julie's found thus far. It's fantastic. And so we are broadcasting live. We are looking at a window. And actually, Julie, I'm going to go more, open that drape a little bit more. And we are looking yeah. at the Golden Gate Bridge, which Zoe was quite disappointed to find out it was not actually golden. It was golden. not actual golden. And she actually hasn't found the gate yet either. So, uh, And this this is a great, very interesting, actually historical, that's Tim opening the curtains there, historical hotel that used to be a military base or barracks ages ago and so there's some historic buildings there's some contemporary buildings we've got a fireplace in our room it's pretty awesome and we have a patio looking at the golden gate bridge which yesterday was you know really beautiful and sunshiny and this morning we've got a bit of fog so a little bit of variety for everyone so i'm going to share with you guys an experience um that i had yesterday and then julie ended up having as well and this was when we were going into a little gift shop looking for something to Buy from my mom, actually, and I send her back in Puerto Rico. She lives with us in Puerto Rico. And yes, this is Real Estate Coaching Radio. And yes, we are going to get to actual <laughs> real estate education content here in a second. But this uh, experience was something I think uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you because I want you to hear how sort of unresolved I am, <laughs> frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but So I walked in this little gift shop and the lady, very, very sweet lady, probably in her mid to late 60s, uh, met me almost at the door and said, you have to put a, a we are on um, a federal, this where we're staying is actually federal land. And the gift shop was at this hotel, whatever it is. And she said, well, you have to put a mask on. And she said about an hour ago or something like that, there was a new mandate that came out that federal uh, and federal land, federal employees, if you're on anything federal, you have to start wearing a mask when you go indoors. And she was very conflicted about it. And she um, and I had this interesting conversation. And here's what my takeaway was. So Julie and I, uh, for the sake of doing this podcast, and fr- frankly, for the sake of our own sanity during this whole COVID era, 
have been trying to really balance out our information sources so that we're not biased one way or the other. Well, this poor soul, this lady, absolutely had not by, had not tried to have a balanced perspective. And she started, she was a little bit in panic mode as I was talking to her. She saw that Zoe was with me. She started talking about this new strain of COVID and how kids can get it and kids can pass it and how the uh, ICUs in different states are completely, you know, uh, all this stuff. And she basically wasn't realizing what she was saying was virtually, uh, most of it was untrue. And the essence of what she was saying, and I asked her this question, I said, are you, are you vaccinated? And she said, yes. Remember, she was in her late 60s, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, and so I was glad to hear that she was vaccinated because the uh, virus obviously seems to do the most damage for people who are older. Um, and she said yes, to which I said, I'm obviously also uh, vaccinated. And Julie and I are, you know, frankly, the vaccine is one of the greatest uh, medical uh, creations. Um, I was going to say inventions, and it kind of is it because is. it's a different kind yep. of um, uh, what is it? It's not an antivirus. What the hell was it again? Vaccine, basically. Yep. And, and the technology that, uh, that was used to create it, let alone the technology that was used to have it work in our bodies, is something like some, it's never been done before. It's and amazing. It's, it is amazing. And in, in the short period of time which it was created. But, you know, so she started asking me or we started talking about the fact that she was confused because she had had the vaccine and she wasn't sure why she was having to wear a mask and she was having to be the authoritarian and tell everyone to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And having to you, be the bad guy, basically. You were exactly. And, and then uh, to which I then asked her, I said, well, you can't get this new strain of virus. And she hadn't she didn't realize that. And she said, well, I can carry it and pass it along to other people. I said, well, that might be true, but you can't get sick from it. The likelihood of you getting sick from the new strain of virus, which, by the way, the new strain of virus for anyone who's vaccinated, you, you know, essentially it'll, you might be a carrier of it for a short while. But it really it's is going to get you like the original one. Right. It's going to have no effect on you, even if you're older. And it seems even if you're not necessarily in the best of health. So I so I mentioned this to her and this was based on, you know, real facts. And she had not she didn't realize that. So she actually thought that this new strain of the virus is going to was somehow going to make her um, sick again or sick. Uh, you know, she was going to be vulnerable towards the same way she would have been to the original strain of covid before she had her vaccine. So which I told her and she didn't understand. And I asked her just to research it on her own and gave some suggestions on where she might go and things. I didn't actually say stop watching or listening or reading what you have been because it's giving you a very politicized, very biased perspective. Um, And then she started, you know, she mentioned Zoe and she said, well, kids are now dying from this. And Julie and I had actually researched this for somebody else, a broker that was trying to create ourselves. We're not just cavalier, you know, throwing Zoe to the wolves. Right. And we had but we had a broker that asked us to help them research this COVID stuff for their it was a a broker in California. And they were wanting to have, um, you know, actual drill down information for the sake of their real estate agents and their clients and all the rest of it and create their own uh, policies and procedures. And Julie and I sent them some of the research that we'd done. And so they, you know, that's how we'd sort of on the road become a bit of an armchair expert at all this stuff. We're certainly not experts in any way. This is just information that all of you should use. Well, here's the bottom line. There's virtually no chance that any little kid's going to get it. I think since the, the onset of COVID, something like, and this is not, this is really sad, but it's statistically, it's a tiny, 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 tiny number of children have died from COVID and 375. That's the total number. And something like of the 375 that have died of COVID, most of them had other health problems. And that's the other thing. Most people, even adults that didn't have the vaccine in time that died of COVID also had other health problems. Again, information that she didn't have, and I was just only passing this along, so hoping that she would feel better and hoping she'd feel a little bit more secure and a little bit less frazzled. But in that moment, having this uh, conversation with her, 
it really did make me think about all you guys because you're facing all this every single day, not just with your own sort of, uh, you know, exploration as Julie and I were doing, but also when you're dealing with customers, because there's so much misinformation, there's so much, it's been propagandized, it's been politicized. And really, there's no place to go because people are so confused. And, it, and again, it is confusing. You, I mean, I've had conversations with very intelligent people that I know, some podcast listeners, some coaching clients, some friends, that their reason for being uncomfortable with the virus, was, I'm sorry, with the uh, vaccine, was that they didn't, in their words, I don't want to put the vaccine in t- into my body. I don't want the virus in my body. Because remember, the traditional vaccine, like the flu vaccine, the flu shot, is a little bit of what they think is going to be the worst flu, so your body gets used to fighting it. This vaccine for COVID is completely different and engineered very differently and is not actually putting COVID into you. But that that's where I think a lot of the misinformation Do you remember starts. The, so, again, I don't want to – you and I don't want to go too far on our skis here – but if you wanted to give them some breadcrumbs to follow, uh, to research this themselves, where could they research to find out what you just said uh, is true? I, I got most of mine from the CDC, actually, but, 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 but it's been a little while since I did that research. But specifically, this vaccine was a type of vaccine. It's that, a code that okay. is put into your body. Okay. Now, again, let's compare this to the, and, and I don't claim to be an expert, do your own research. My point is, do your own research. Don't just go by... I, you know, I, I, that just makes me uncomfortable to put the, the virus into me because you're not actually doing that. And th- and that's what also that's what's frustrating, too, because the especially if you're our age, frankly, if you're 40 and older, basically, you've grown up somewhat mostly trusting the news. You've always figured they had bias one way or the other, depending on what you are watching. But now it's just so politicized, guys. It's, it's confusing. It's, it's like the world or at least the parties that are in control of the media and politics. They want us at each other's throats. And this poor gal in this gift shop, she didn't want to feel like that. And she was tired of feeling like that. She was tired of basically getting uh, confusing, conflicting well, information. She was being put in a position to potentially have conflict. Right. And she was being made to be the instigator and the one who had to enforce. Now, people are wondering, how is a hotel on federal land? Well, this is part of the park services, right? So she had to go through that. And I think what you were sensing is she felt uncomfortable herself and saying, you've got to do this. Yes. And so why are we sharing all this with you? Because in depending on where you are in the country, the states are now in California. We woke up. Julie showed me the headline. The headline was basically, what was it, inside, outside, federal land or not federal land in California? They're seven, masking well, up again. I, I was looking at our local news here. It said seven counties in the Bay Area, so that's San Francisco. Uh, now, starting at midnight, it is 100% masking regardless of vaccination status uh, starting this evening uh, whenever you're indoors. So that was local and had nothing to do with federal or not. Now it now it's just that's the county mandate. Hey, can you go turn the fireplace off? It's getting a little yeah. toasty in here. Yeah. Um, so here's the real here's the real question, and this is the real bottom line. If you vac if you're vaccinated, you're right as rain, and there's really nothing for you to worry about. Uh, so we are now in in this in parts of the country being asked to essentially start mask up because yes, if you're vaccinated, you could hypothetically. Uh, ca- still carry COVID and the new strains of COVID and pass it along to people that are unvaccinated. So at what point do people who are unvaccinated take responsibilities for their own outcomes and stop making their outcomes a burden on the rest of us who have done, frankly, the right thing and, and been vaccinated, not just the sake of our own health, but for the sake of society on a whole? Because there's zero chance, like completely no chance, they'll ever never be uh, COVID. 
There always is going to be COVID for the rest of our lives, for the rest of humanity. There's always going to be um, upticks around the country, around the world. There's always going to be COVID season, just like there is flu season. There's you've got to be- take responsibility for your own health, right? And I get that, you know, obviously you don't want to go around infecting people. But look at it this way. COVID or not COVID, if I knew, let's say I went to the doctor yesterday and I found out I have pneumonia, but I've got to go to CVS to get my prescription. The right thing to do would be to wear a mask, right? So I, th- I think that this whole mask thing has gotten confusing and politicized. And, and ultimately, how do you filter all that out? Be responsible for yourself. Yeah, that is pretty much it. Now, along those lines, again, what we're hoping your takeaway is from all of this is to exactly what Julie just said. Be responsible for yourself. But more importantly, be compassionate for other people who are working their way through this emotionally because maybe they don't have the ability or I don't even know the uh, gumption really to have a more balanced approach. Maybe they're so dug in to the way that they think that they're not willing to even consider any outside information. Otherwise, in other words, they've been maybe largely manipulated without them knowing it. Uh, So you still have to be compassionate. Inadvertently influenced. The worst thing for you to do in a time like this is truthfully is to take a side to the point where you start alienating other people. That's right. Because at the end of the day, your job is to be of service to other people, not just as a real estate practitioner, but as a human. And the way you can be service to other people, again, as a human, is to be compassionate. Understand what they're going through. Uh, feel for them. Understand that you don't know their own personal health problems. That's you don't true. know whether they had somebody else that they knew or loved that was adversely affected. But mostly what's happening now is people are st- uh, stuck in certainly different parts of the country. It's different. Mm-hmm. But people are stuck in a fear vortex. Now, again, we started this trip about 30 days ago and we've got about 30 days left. We're driving all over the country. We've gone to, you know, we're going to over 20 different states. We're talking to, it'll end up being hundreds of people along the way. The people that are involved in our coaching program, podcast listeners, book buyers, you know, EXP people, and we're having a time of our lives. And depending on where you are in the country, the people, people's perspective, not just on COVID, but on just life in general is massively different. And, and this is the last kind of point I'll, that might be walking the line and being political, but and we really have no interest in being political. But the other thing that's kind of interesting to me is all of the crap that's being said about San Francisco, <laughs> especially from, you know, more conservative, uh, you know, people that are trying to make you believe that San Francisco somehow is a, a riotous hellhole. It is not. San Francisco is incredible. It's beautiful. It's and the people beautiful. here are super nice, too. There's, there is a homeless problem, but there's a homeless problem in lots of parts of the country. That's a slow problem to solve. But, oh, my gosh, this part of the world, those of you who live in Marin County and San Francisco and Napa and all the rest of it, you are blessed. And this is such a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Um, And I feel so lucky and fortunate to be sharing this moment in in my life and Julie's life and Zoe's life with all of you listening to us on this podcast, but also those of you that we come across along our journey. And along those lines, and again, we are going to get to real estate content here in a second. Mm-hmm. Along those lines, Julie, where if they wanted to meet up with us, because guys, we're, we, have, um, we have too many um, requests to meet people here and there that we're not going to be able to really do it right. So what we're going to do is what we are doing is we're telling you where we're going to be. And if you happen to show up and you want to hang out and you want to go on a walk with us, you want to have some coffee or you know, knickknack shop with Zoe and <laughs> Julie, you know, show up. It's great. And so today we're going to be in where? Today we're in Sausalito, which is across the bay from, you know, San Francisco proper. Then we're going across the bridge and we will be in San Francisco for the next four days, followed by about eight or nine days in Monterey, 
Monterey Peninsula, so that includes a lot of you guys in that area. And then driving south, I think, a couple days in L.A. So, so right. like all, all California over the next uh, 10 to 14 days. But if you're around the if you're in the Bay Area and you want to connect with us, we'd love to have your company. We can uh, send you a pin if we're walking around so you can. Find well, us. where are we staying? What hotel? Uh, this is the Cavallo Inn next for tonight. One. But the next one is the St. Regis in downtown San Francisco. OK, so that one's easy to find. We yep. understand it's quite the landmark, at least from the pictures. It looks pretty amazing. Um, but if you guys want to connect, you can feel free to do so. Just connect with us on Instagram. Just go to Instagram, um, and it's Tim and Julie Harrison. Just message us directly there. That's the easiest way to keep track of all the suggestions of places we should go, which we love, by the way, um, and places that we're going to be. And, yeah, so let's move forward. Now, again, I hope hopefully you guys are taking uh, what we were just talking about with regards to COVID as we intended. It wasn't a political statement. Julie and I, just for the record, absolutely pro-vaccine. Um, and uh, we're libertarians in our hearts, so we're not trying to be political. We're but, not but trying. But we know you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to yep. have open house situations. You're going to have showing situations, listing appointment situations. And I think for a long time, it's going to be a mixed type of experience where some people are going to want to Zoom with you. Other people are going to want to have a cup of coffee with you. So and, be sensitive to where they are. And don't try to bring your political perspective to any conversation with anybody that you're trying to help. It's not your job to save them from whatever their political beliefs are or whatever their you know misinformation is. That is not your job. Your job is to simply basically carry the, you know, essentially the, the, the heart of being of con uh, contribution to other people, have that emotion, have that feeling with you and have more sympathy, more empathy, more, you know, caring and concern mm -hmm. than you normally would. Cause this is depending on where in the country you are, this is an omnipresent, uh, you know, dark cloud over a lot of people's shoulders that if you're in, frankly, some of the other states we've been in, you aren't even sensitive to it, aren't even aware yeah. that some people are having to basically walk around in the sort of, like I said, sort of the shadow of COVID. And that's certainly what's happening here in San Francisco. Yeah. So just be sensitive, right? Be your best self. All right. So our topic du jour over the next several days is powerful practices of top producing professionals. You might call these habits that will help you, assuming that you adopt them. So when, as we go through these points, you know, maybe put a star next to ones that you're already really great at. You're living that life and then maybe underline or highlight or in your notes ones that you want to fold into your own personality, into your own practices. So powerful practices of top producing professionals. Point number one, and I, I think this ties into our topic. Right? Definitely. Okay. Unbridled, passionate optimism. If all you're doing is watching the news, it'd be easy to be really negative and confused. So what do top producing professionals do? No, they practice unbridled, passionate optimism. Napoleon Hill, for example, called this positive mental attitude. And if you read his stuff, he often will just refer to that as a PMA, positive mental attitude. Successful professionals follow the too soon to tell outlook, suspending immediate judgment of situations, but erring on the side of a positive result. So one of the things that Napoleon said was, quote, there is very little difference in people, but that little difference makes a big difference. And that little difference is their attitude. The big difference is whether it is positive or it's negative. So I want you guys to pause as you're listening and ask yourself when something happens, because every day something happens to you all the time. There's something you got to deal with, right? Whether that's business or, or personal, do you tend to err to the positive or to the negative side? And if it tends to go towards negative, maybe consider pre-programming yourself to not, you don't necessarily have to say, well, I'm just going to put a positive spin on everything. But what you can do as a bridge is say, you know what? It's too soon to tell. 
It is um, hard to do if you are caught in a sort of negative mental, emotional vortex. One of the easiest things, and I think the most proactive things you can do if you want to get control of your mindset, is start with limiting the inputs. The number one thing you should all be removing from your lives if you're not feeling optimistic is if you're not feeling enthusiastic, if you're not feeling grateful, um, you know, joyful, the first thing you should eliminate is all forms of media. Because again, we've already talked about it, but really the media at this point really should be, you know, I was thinking this morning, there should be a, a media-free week. There should be a national movement <laughs> where nobody watches any form of media. It's completely media-free. All the news channels are completely off. And then I got to thinking, even if that was an idea that people wanted to, you know, basically carry forward, no one would do a report on it because the media wouldn't want to report on people not listening to the media. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's a circular it, it, argument. It's a circular but argument. But I like the theme of it. Right. So start out with having a media-free life. In other words, start the morning every morning with media free, start the evening every evening with media free, be completely media free. And a good you know, rule of thumb is don't look at any screens like uh, two hours before you go to sleep. Don't look at any screens before when you wake up. Uh, don't you know, eliminate any form of negative input and just assume that anybody that is giving you information is giving you information with some form of bias or some sort of political slant or they're being paid to write content that is supposed to essentially carry another agenda forward. And if unless you're really, really uh, conscious of what you're reading, your subconscious mind is going to pick up on the little, um, you know, the sub, essentially the the agendas that whatever article has, and then you're building a sort of a cacophony or a a mountain of negative information. And ultimately, the problem with not being an optimist and not having energy and enthusiasm is if you don't feel, if you don't know in your heart that tomorrow is going to be better than today, next month is going to be better than you know this month, if you don't believe that your life is going to get better, then what that's going to do is it's going to make it so you stop doing the things necessary to make tomorrow and your future better, which means in essence, you're making tomorrow and the future worse because you're not doing the things necessarily now to make those things, uh, to, to make it better. If you're not actively, proactively working on making tomorrow uh, essentially 10 times better than, than today, you guys get the point. Unless you're improving your skills, improving your relationship, improving your mindset, unless you're constantly working on being that person that you always in your heart of hearts want to be, that means that what you're going to do is you're going to then welcome in the dark. You're going to welcome in the pessimism. You're going Both to consciously and subconsciously. Exactly. Right? Because your decision-making tree is affected by that. And then what happens? You start gaining weight. You start losing relationships. You, you stop up. doing the real work. You stop doing silly things. You start doing silly things in your business, like, you know, buying all of your leads. You say, you know what, this, this listing presentation that Tim and Julie are trying to get me to master. I don't believe that tomorrow's going to be better than today. Real estate markets are going to crash. Whatever doom and gloom thing's going to happen. I'm just not going to put in the work. And sure enough, a month from now, two months from now, six months from now, when things in the economy have gotten better, when overall had you actually been trying to move forward and, and, and improve yourself today, you're not going to then be there mentally, emotionally, and then ultimately financially to be part of that uh, what could have been an amazing thing that happened in your life because of the fact you had these thoughts today, believing that tomorrow was going to be, you know, well, not as not better than today. That plays right into what we constantly battle with agents uh, succumbing to these emails about, oh, you know, the foreclosure wave is totally. coming. So if you believe that the market is going to crash, how motivated are you to have your act together and go on appointments right now today? So I heard, and I heard this from uh, Rob Hahn mm -hmm. on his podcast. Okay. You and I listened to it. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, I don't, oh, I know I'm going to get this number wrong. 
that something like 500 new companies had entered into the, had been financed, funded, startups, tech companies, whatever, real estate, FinTech, mm -hmm. all these other types of companies. All these companies have got, 500 of them got into somehow the last 24 months into the industry of selling stuff to realtors. Mm -hmm. And in essence, most right. of them get in and their story is, we're going to revolutionize the real estate transaction. We're going to somehow make it seamless. We're going to all this Mickey Mouse. Mm -hmm. And they always end up doing the same thing, which is selling leads to realtors, you know? And it's so funny to see, I mean, Zillow is a, Zillow is a perfect example, right? Sure. They originally got in uh, to the industry to be a portal, to be some sort of real estate, you know, uh, essentially go-to place, which they essentially did. But how did they fund that? By selling leads to realtors. Now they're essentially competitors to realtors. But here was his point. I think this number is correct. 60 billion a year in real estate commissions are paid out nationwide, something like that. I don't think it was 600 billion. I think it was 60 billion. I remember it was a six. Mm -hmm. 60 billion is uh, essentially earned by real estate brokers and agents every year in real estate commissions. And virtually all of the companies that have gotten into the business of selling stuff to realtors are not selling realtors on being free, independent, and having skill sets. They're selling them into products that are going to make them dependent on buying leads, dependent on never, and essentially dependent to the point where the, those companies are going to keep them on a hamster wheel of always constantly having to pay more, even though the lead quality is getting worse, yep. and do branding and build a team and do all this other stuff. Nobody has gotten into the business, and nobody will, I'm guessing, get into the business of doing what Julie and I do, which is selling you guys on the idea that you should have a skill set so that you can be independent. When you're independent, when you have the ability to proactively lead generate, then you're not dependent. And then the thing that happens is you will start running a very profitable real estate business. And with that profitable real estate business, you then can become rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. And the interesting thing that happens along the way of you pursuing that goal which should be, in my humble opinion, the goal of all of you, is that you start to change your perspective on life. Because when you realize that you can actually be independent and you can be financially free, you start to think different. Your perspective on life changes. Your perspective on what you expect from life changes. Who you frankly find attractive politically changes. All the things change when you realize that you can actually be financially free. Well, and Tim, it's empowering, right? That totally. freedom is empowering. It's up to you. I love the saying, if, uh, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And when you are a powerful listing agent, right. you have all of the control. If you guys are not clear on that yet, go try and sell a house today to a buyer, right? The listing agent has all of the control. And when you know how to create your own listings at will, that's what it means to be a powerful listing agent, then you've got all of that control and you're not subject to the rules changing of who you're paying and all that kind of stuff. You know what, Julie, let's yeah. let's jump back just because you said something. And I always have to remind myself, this is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. There's something like three or 400,000 uh, new people that are getting real estate licenses and passing tests right now. And you just said something that's really incredibly powerful and I hope people are listening is that in real estate, you have essentially two buckets. You have the people that have to transact and the people that want to, to transact. In other words, want to do a deal, don't want to do a deal, right? Buyers, and this is the thing that all of you guys have to just accept. Don't fight with it. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. Buyers will always change their mind, and they do. They change their mind about when uh, they're going to buy. Oh, I'll just stay renting. Oh, I'll just stay in my old house. Yeah, they have a lot more options. Exactly. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy, not even an investor who has to do a 1031 because they can always just pay the taxes. So you've got to be really clear. If you have a choice between learning the skill set and becoming a, someone who pursues 
actually motivated sellers, sellers that have to sell. So there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. Buyers can just change their minds. A lot of you guys are experiencing that now. Your buyers essentially took themselves out of the market to go on vacation or whatever. Maybe they'll come back in the market. Maybe they won't. You're pinning your hopes to these buyers, these phantom buyers that might show up in your life again. Maybe they won't. That is not how you build a business. How would you, wouldn't you, who wouldn't rather have a bunch of listings, five, six, 10 listings right now, where you know every single one of those sellers has to sell. So in life, in business, when you are trying to decide where to put your best energies in your time, you need to be focused on the people that have to do a transaction, not want to do, do a transaction. And that is what we teach you. That's the essence of what we teach you in our coaching program. You know, it's what some of my favorite calls are from new clients coming to coaching is people that will say, oh, I'm so glad to finally talk to you. We always appreciate that. And yes, we are real people. We're not just recordings here. I, I really love talking to you. I've listened to your podcast for years and I followed what you said. I am primarily a listing agent. Yeah, me too. But I want to join coaching so that I can scale that up, so that right. I can raise my magic number of listings, so that I can systematize it further. I love it when we get those calls. We love all of you, of course, but we especially love you guys that get it and have been practicing it and live it and understand it. I, and it's so funny because when we get those calls, because we do talk to them, you know, it's not just text and email. They're so proud of that, that they lead the conversation and they'll say, I am a listing agent. I don't pay for leads. I've been listening to you all along. I understand this. Now help me get to the next level with well, it. Well, I mean, there's so there's somebody, one of our past coaching clients that actually has got become, you know, I'd say you know, micro famous, right? Mm -hmm. Ricky Carruth. Yes. So Ricky's got 74,000 people that are subscribers to him on YouTube. And what Ricky's, and I, I like the guy, truthfully, I, I, uh, he is a past coaching client. I personally coached him. And guess what? I'm the only person that's ever coached Ricky. Ricky and I did a great interview on his uh, YouTube channel. You guys should watch it. Um, and on that YouTube channel, he was essentially, uh, I guess, graciously showing appreciation for the fact that he discovered Julie and I before he started wasting his time, energy, and money on a whole bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And now he's, I think he says he consistently does by himself with no team over $20 million a year. And guess how he does it? Textbook Tim and Julie Harris. And if you look around the country, you know, he's probably, he's becoming, I'm guessing, one of the most famous coaching clients of ours, aside from the ones on Bravo TV and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, but our uh, past client roster and current client roster is filled with all the people who are the top producers in your market that don't brag about themselves, who are not trying to be famous. They're just trying to keep their heads down, be of service to other people, and they're always looking to improve their skill set. They're the types of people that when you see them in a room, when you see them at a real estate event, they're not walking around with a big team. They're not peacocks. But you know what? They're the richest people in the room because they've been building their business around profit like we teach them to do. And uh, for those of you who've been on the path with us, building these very profitable real estate businesses for all these you know, decades at this point, we salute you. And you know what? Stay the course. You're, we're now coming out of an era where basically doing the real work of real estate was almost unfashionable. It certainly wasn't the trend. But now what you're going to see is that it, it's going to pivot back towards doing real work. And so for those of you who want to have an unfair advantage in your marketplace, I'm giving you a little view into the future. What you absolutely must do is learn to do the real work of real estate. All the other agents that are going to struggle and fail are the ones that are buying business who have never maybe come across our podcast or maybe come across our podcast, thought we were blowhards, didn't want to actually do the real work of real estate. Didn't think they needed it. Right. And went back to doing their TikTok videos. So the moral of the story is if you guys want to be where the puck is going to be into the future, it's going to be doing the real work because nobody else does. It just makes sense. 
if you know the uh, one of the the best ways to make money in life is do the opposite of what the masses are doing because once the masses start doing whatever chances are that idea no longer works it's just that's basic business advice business suggestion everyone intuitively knows that and i'm telling you without a doubt there is um, no chance that you're not going to see the best and the brightest start to pivot really uh, aggressively towards being proactive lead generators because the passive lead generation systems that are out there right now are mostly BS. And I do mean that in the, in the most practical and tactical terms. They don't work. They're not designed to work. They're just being put up by people that are have only been uh, selling stuff to realtors for like, you know, a year. Their aspirations and inspirations are just to sell you guys leads. They have never sold real estate. They have no idea whether the leads are any good quality. And they're not attached to your success. They're not attached to your success. And you guys have got to see this for what it is. Start doing the real work of real estate. Embrace 100%. Embrace the real work. Embrace the struggle. Because on the other side of that is everything you want in life. On the other side of that is everything you want in your real estate business. On the other side of that is a, is a version of yourself that you know is living within you. And maybe you haven't come in uh, contact with that person for ages, but that person is there. You remember that person from maybe when you were a little kid. So you got to get in contact with that person again and ask that person if they're satisfied with where you are in life. And if not, there is still time in your life, no matter what your age is, to do something about it. If you guys would like to join our coaching program and Julie and I are humbly applying for the job of being your real estate coaches, text the word SUCCESS to 47372 text the word success to 47372 and we'll text you back a link and you can join our premier coaching program for around $100 a month. Now we are coming out with a lot of new coaching programs uh, the rest of this year, but the premier coaching program will always be the greatest entry point into really taking your real estate business to the next level. If you want to just go over to timandjulieharris.com and click on coaching, premier coaching is your starting point and, and definitely consider becoming one of our coaching clients. It is the shortcut to long-term success and there's no doubt about that. It is real work. There's no shiny objects or silver bullets uh, because we are never going to be in that business. We're always going to be telling you guys what, you know, frankly, what people are doing and what they'll always be doing if they want to build long-term sustainable businesses. In the meantime, if you guys want to get a hold of us for anything, if you want to talk about uh, joining Julie and I at EXP Realty, just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>